Welcome to Thanks I Love It. Hi Hugh. Hi Nancy. Hi. Um, so this is just a very quick, oh god I keep saying very quick, it's never very quick. This is an intro to a long episode, <laughs> I'm sorry, um, because this is uh, the start of an episode in which we interview a lovely person called Rob. Rob Cope. Mm-hmm. Play it. Okay, yeah. Context. At the end of last week's episode, Nancy said this. Rob f***ing Cope. And it turned into this. Rob f***ing Cope. So, uh, I think we're all spiritually richer for having heard that. Well done, Hugh. Yeah. I, I've run it by Rob and he's like, oh, finally, I've got some wrestling intro music. So um, <laughs> he's a fan. Yeah. And I said, I never allowed you to do that. I never gave you permission. And then you just did it anyway. You just dubbed it. What was it you said? I never, I never gave you permission to wob that much. Or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, delighted that that's coming up. Um, but first of all, Hugh, I think it's time for you to hit play on something else. Is it tweets? Tweets. <laughs> tweets. Um, so I'm really, really glad to hear that again. It's beautiful. You just listen to it every morning, don't you? Just regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On your it's, own. it's a banger. It's yeah, banger. yeah. Um, and yes, should, be, we... should be my alarm clock, to be, to be honest. <laughs> Tell them what your alarm clock really is. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll play a clip of it here. It's... Um, <laughs> If you if you're aware if you've been on the internet and you're you're vaguely interested in music you might have come across a guy. And if you're a, a horn guy, dog of any sort. Yeah, yeah, you might have come across a guy called Mark Rebier who uh, got famous. Well, he's famous over... for having queued up at the Apple Store once when he was fourteen. That's <laughs> my that. favourite thing that. about him. <laughs> old video footage, uh, old newsreel footage of him queuing up for the original iPhone. Yeah, but what he's mostly famous for <laughs> is for live looping, uh, absolutely, uh, and like um. Freestyling, absolutely filthy lyrics. Yeah, um, just him and some some little electronic boxes. And, and him... I thought you were going to say some little electronic pants. Well, yeah, pretty much that, yeah. those two. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. often wearing a, a dressing gown. It's yeah. not a Hugh Hefner dressing gown, but it is. It is. It is silk though. Sexually intentional. <laughs> um. Anyway, there's yeah. a very good episode of uh, the now uh, legacy podcast called Thirst Aid Kit with him on it, which is uh, excellent. Is he, is he on it or do they talk about him? Oh, they talk about him a lot and then uh, he's on it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I right. believe so anyway. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. anyway, tweets. So, no, what's your, but your your alarm clock, what is it? Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, it is a clip of uh, this song by Mark Revier. <laughs> Bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and they got go Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. <laughs> Isn't that a nice thing to hear when you wake up in the morning? That that music that yeah, we I'm just not, heard. Yeah, I'm not sick of it at all. No. <laughs> It doesn't worry me or our two adult cats when that comes on. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> early in the morning. So, uh, right, tweets. I have a tweet for you, Hugh. Yeah. I got several. Um, 
and we are still calling it tweets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't even um, ask me if we're not. Of course we're going to... Whichever idiot tweets. was in charge of the rebrand of the social media company Twitter, which had a unique term Who was for... in charge of that? I don't even know. Yeah, it's I... like they don't even want us to know who they are. It's like they're a shy, retiring they little flower. They had a unique brand for, you know, what do you call a post on this website? Oh, you call it a tweet. No one else cares about what you call and a you... post on any other website. No, no. No. I... Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, anyway, so... Anyway. Tweets. Um... So, Hugh, I believe that you're familiar with the Twitter account at Feeder of Cats. I am. Good. I'm going to tell you about this account again, okay? Okay. Good. So, um, Haley is a person who is, uh, I believe, in a city in America. America. Mm. Um, possibly NYC. I don't know, but, mm. you know, I could be... There are a lot of stray cats in NYC, so it would make sense. I'm I'm so aware of them. I follow yeah. so many rescue yeah. accounts. Flat, Flatbush Cats is Flat another one. Cats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lots of good work done on all of these uh, accounts. Hamville Colony as well, Yeah, I think. yeah. Um, so many, so, so many. And indeed, lots of people who are just doing this by themselves, mm. and uh, Haley's one of them. Mm. Um, and recent comers to Haley's Twitter feed might know her Twitter feed for Shambles, who's an amazing cat. Hugh, what do you remember about Shambles? He is a peach coloured. Oh, so peachy. Uh, orange boy. Orange boy. Mm-hmm. He's got beautiful eyes. A full soul stares back at you when you look into yeah. his eyes. He is always making a mischief of himself. Yeah, yeah. He, um, She rescued him from a literal pile of trash with uh, medical waste, drug waste, like toxic waste. Basically, she rescued him from this pile. She had to work extremely hard to get him to come out of this trash pile um, and accept her, her food and her care. Um, I don't want to know how she got him into a crate, really, because uh, it sounded very difficult. Um, but he had little burn marks on his paw pads from, yeah. from being in toxic substances. Um, and he was so used to... <laughs> Basically, she rescued him, as she does with many accounts, she rescues them and she goes, all right, lads, time for your balls. Give me your balls. And then she takes them to the vet. Um, whether or not they are um, rehomeable, um, she will do this with as many cats as she can. So uh, you would trap, neuter and release if you if you have to, if that's the best thing for the cat. If they're not a, um, well, she talks about cats as being friend shaped, as in looks like it would be a nice cat to hang out with. Um, might want to be involved with humans. Yep. And there are some really good friend-shaped cats who are turn out not to be. <laughs> right, right, And she's right. like, well, he lives out here now. Here he is sitting on the bullet of my car waiting for me to feed him, but he doesn't want to go home with me. Mm. What's that about? Mm. Um, anyway, so there's some very good cats there. But um, Shambles, um, there are several tweets. Um, I'm, I still don't know which one is the tweet, the, um, but basically he ruined his ball removal appointment spectacularly. Um, so <sighs> Living Haley, up to his name. <laughs> 12th of, 12th of um, September. Huge shout out to Shambles, who was supposed to fast overnight for his neuter for managing to pull this box of treats, Dreamy's Temptations, closer to his crate, open it and grab multiple treats to snack on through the night. And look at his face. We stand. We really f***ing stand. Sorry, you're going to have to bleep that. Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> oh, she, also, rest assured, she's still got those balls. Um, and Shambles requires quite a lot of medical attention. She. Huh? She? Haley. Oh. I believe that's that's her pronouns. But. Oh, I've, oh, I got confused about who No, she the takes the balls. Oh. She takes she's them. She's kept them as a prize? No. Well, uh-huh. that, I mean, you know, there's, there's folklore amongst cats who live in 
alleyways in that city in America where she lives. Um, but, like she plays up to this. I'm not just psycho okay. talking about okay. it on my own. Anyway, um, and just yeah, she she really has her work cut out with himbo. I'm sorry, shambles. This is the next tweet. I wanted to show you precious himbo. Look at him. Such a himbo, Aww. beautiful. Enjoying boy. a brush. He's enjoying a brush, um, and he's become very socialised, very loving. He um, will grab you if you stop petting him, apparently. Um, but she's always needing to sort out his medical care. He has got some issues, um, basically, probably from having had trash heap diet for you know all of his life prior to now. And um, in order to get him to take his medicine, she's like. Wow, you don't want to eat any real food. You, you, really, really? This food is too good for you? You won't eat medicine crushed up in this food? Wow, shambles. Wow. Um, anyway, and there's some good stuff around. Well, um, following in the, um, in the vein of a famous cat on the internet called Fishtifer, mm. there was a case which we'll talk about. Um, but she has tweeted as well about shambles. To be loved is to be changed. Yes. Um, so one month's difference between these two photos. Incredible. Aww. He is there wrapped up in a little banquet being a trash boy. Um, not very well at all with smudgy, dirty nose, covered in oil. And then he is like, Bleh. hello, bright peachy boy with lovely kind of like dark um, dark greeny eyes, dark yeah. greeny orange. I think they call that a glow up. Oh, it's a glow up. He's a baby boy. Mm, mm. Anyway, um, Fishtifer was a very famous Twitter cat um, who uh, was in a rescue, I think, for a while, and he had a big puffed up, you know, tomboy, tomcat boy face, mm. uh, and he looked very sad. He just looked like the saddest cat in the world, and then um, got adopted by someone because they got loads of interest on Twitter because they were like, "Someone please adopt this poor boy who's been here for too long. Look at his sad face." Mm. And um, Fishtifer, wow, um, his owner then posted a picture of him saying, "To be loved is to be changed," and it is the single biggest glow up of any cat you it's can the imagine. Most, it's the most wholesome meme format. I yes. think I've seen in recent years. And we will only have wholesome things. Um, that is the plan. Yeah. Um, I will also give a shout out to Haley's other um, cat, who I believe was a foster fail. Um, so Shambles is going to be adoptable. He's super adoptable. He will need some health support, but he is the sweetest boy. Um, but Haley fell completely in love with um, an evil cat called Bitty. Um, so <laughs> you remember? You remember Bitty? Uh, refresh my memory. Okay, so tweet from Haley. Uh, this is um, uh, earlier this year in uh, June. So she's posted two pictures, and the tweet reads: One year ago today, a severely injured newborn kitten was placed in my hands. He was borderline septic, cold. His prognosis was grim, but he wasn't ready to give up. I looked at this tiny thing in my hands and said, "I'll stop fighting when you do." Happy one year, gotcha day, stinky. And yeah, there's a very, very sad, pathetic baby kitten in her hands there mm. with, he's got a little stumpy leg like Leo, um, where he's not got a foot on it, you can see, but he's glowed up into, well, quite possibly the world's most evil cat. He is ah. uh, in the second picture, just lying mouth agape, um, t- eyes t- tell me. squeezed shut, going, tell, t- tell he's me. a tabby boy. Tell me, mm. what deeds of uh, <laughs> maleficent <laughs> nature... <laughs> I think I, I, think I uh, bungled that pronunciation. <laughs> don't matter. Don't matter. We get it. Uh, d- does this cat carry out? <laughs> so, um, well, to explain, uh, to explain Bitty, um, <laughs> scrolling up to, well, okay, uh, the 8th, uh, no, what is it? August, August this year. She's again reflecting on how far this cat's come. I woke up every hour to bottle feed him and clean his gory nub and keep him from going into septic shock. And he returns the favour by letting me pet him for approximately 10 seconds about once a week. And yeah, that's about right. And it's another picture of him looking like 
jealous, you know, having a, a lovely little smug facial expression. Um, and yeah, it was um, a long twi- It was a long saga on Twitter of Haley trying to keep this cat well because he had um, a partial leg and then they had to give it more medical attention and she was trying to make sure he wasn't going into septic shock and then unfortunately he lost more of the leg because they had to amputate more of it Mm. Um, and someone has explained it in the comments here (laughs) Um, and they said so Bitty Law is new to you, replying to someone who doesn't know what's going on. Haley specialises in rescuing janky, busted cats and nurses them to godlike status. When she found Bitty, his leg was damaged, requiring eventual amputation, leaving the infamous nub. <laughs> Inverted commas. Um, however, Bitty Law surmises that Bitty gets his chaos from the nub. <laughs> I see. I see. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he's a chaos cat who will tear up your house and be very powerful and evil and obviously like he was a pathetic baby boy like in like very close to death and now he's a thriving cat so this is all this is all a good joke guys don't worry about it um but (laughs) um the other thing to (laughs) to bear in mind is that um once i can't remember what it is that he stole he's always stealing bits of her food which is you know classic cat but um you know especially so with this boy um and he um stole a bit of her he stole a bit of her food and was like oh whoops look he got he got the thing and then someone replied underneath it you're awful how could you let your cat eat that thing it's awful oh my god and then she replied quote tweeting going yes and that's why his leg fell off <laughs> took one little bite of it and look woof no leg um so yeah Haley, you have a wonderful sense of humor um Oh God, that sounds like I'm someone's mum. I'm sorry. Um, what a wonderful sense of humour that girl has. Anyway, um, we love your Twitter feed. Thank you for doing everything you do. Um, I believe that you are very supportive of lots of other cat charities and people who are doing very small kind of gung-ho rescues. Um, and I believe that you have a Venmo as well, which is not a thing we have in, in Britain. It's because we have bank accounts that you can transfer between. Don't I only be found... smug no, about no, no, that. But I only found this out recently that that's not... Bax transfers aren't a thing in America. Well, how are you going to bax me money then? Exactly. Oh, God. Um, anyway, so um, we will make that Venmo's link. Venmo's a public. We'll make that link Anyway, available. sorry, sorry. Uh, I will get off of my... How can uh, you... How, you want to flirt via... What, okay, look, wait. You can flirt via um, Venmo. You can't flirt via baxing. Yeah, that is true. Um, no one flirt with Haley. She doesn't ask for that. Anyway, okay. send her money for cats. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. Here is our guest, the wonderful Rob Cope. Rob fucking Cope. That's right, we played it again. Um, and uh, we would love to ask Rob to tell us about space. Now, just to flag up, um, we recorded this super long because we're obsessive chatters. Um, so there is going to be a little bonus episode coming after this, which is actually short question yeah. mark. Yeah. Um, and it's um, us having our intro chat with Rob about. Music, working in music, having some self-image, having some self-doubts, being a cool dude and, you know, all of that. Um, yeah. And then we save the can you play the saxophone in space stuff for this interview. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that bonus will come out at eh, some point soon yeah. um, after this episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, use- oh, I just burped. I'm really okay. Sorry. Well, this oh, chat no, starts off with a really... Um, just just the best possible start, I think. You know, the question that Nancy asks and the the answer that Rob gives, you know, it's just, oh, really? uh, yeah. I think it ends with a great question. It, yeah, it's bookended by great questions. So <laughs> watch out for those. <laughs> she's got it. Yeah, baby, she's got it. Anyway, bye. Yeah. 
Let's talk about space. Yes. 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 Sound effects, laser or, guns, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but there is no sound in space. So Shut I'm up. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't you just let the guests talk about yeah. space instead okay. of just I'm you know? Up. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so Rob, is there sound in space? No, but oh. I guess it depends. Okay, podcast on... over. <laughs> yeah. We're done here. Good job, everyone. <laughs> Good yeah. job. Musicians if, would be <laughs> completely redundant in space. It's possible, though. Saxophone's been played in space. Has it? Yeah, several times on the International Space For Station. For what purpose? I'm worried now. Uh, I think strictly recreational, <laughs> I would say. Cool. wonder what the aliens think. Mm-hmm. It yeah. might be the best thing they've ever f***ing heard. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Maybe it's the thing about sound, of course, it just it has to travel through air. So, oh, yes. you know, so if we're it has in to a vibrate space, the molecules, yeah, we're in a spacesuit each, we can talk. Yeah, yeah but Ra- radio waves, though, they're a thing, right? Yeah, if you trans- good. transmitted it into yeah. radio waves, yeah. 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 yeah, that's true, that's true. Sound, so yeah, what 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 made you got there? Let's see, you do the questions. Oh, okay, I was gonna ask Rob. So, <laughs> you did, okay. Host. okay. He doesn't normally get giggly. This is quite funny. Um, so, uh, Rob, you and Hugh were working at the same wedding in glamorous Cheshire, lovely yeah. rolling hills and like massive multi-million pound mansions and all the rest of yeah. it. Um, and big weddings. So you went to a big wedding, did your gig, and you got talking about the old podcasts. Mm, mm. And here we are now, because you've got uh, a topic that you really love, which is space. So you're here to talk about it. I so, am here to talk about space. I am now looking at your mind map, which is beautiful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so you you were like, <laughs> days before we recorded this, you were like, can I draw a mind map, guys? And we were like, yeah. Yeah. Love that for I, us. I love the, um, I love it's beautiful. the, the prep. Yeah, it's, it's great. And that's just all the things you want to talk about. And there's some These are all the things really that cool we things. can talk about. I thought it'd be really interesting because space is such a broad mm. topic. Quite, it's really big, isn't it? It's really very big. Yeah, and and yeah. we don't know necessarily how big. So I thought a mind map might yeah. smallen. In <laughs> smallen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so when did you get interested in space? I have always been interested in space. I was taken to Florida to the to the um to the NASA launch complex when yeah. I was eight. Yeah. And that's that's perfect rockets. timing. Oh, eight-year-old boy yeah. like <gasps> Yeah. Blew my mind. And ever since then I have been really into it and followed it and always wanted to know who the astronauts were and who's retired, who's active, who's getting picked for what flights, which space shuttle is going, how many shuttles are there, how many can you fly at once? Wow. And then uh, about the time I finished studying music, I suddenly felt this newfound sort of autonomy i think that's the right word a, mm-hmm. a sense of like i could choose what i wanted to do with my own time and therefore i started reading um memoirs about space by by ex astronauts engineers and and like ground crew you know flight controllers um like gene Krantz, you know was who's uh, like one of the most famous flight controllers from apollo 13 mm. um all the big ones is for he the example one, is he the one played by um uh thingy in yeah, Ed Harris. You Ed know, Harris you know that with, guy. The, with the square haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. They all had the navy film. cuts because they were yeah. military men. So yeah, 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 yeah. the buzz cut. 
the buzz cut, um, yeah. And then, and then around that time that I was saying to you before, in what should be a separate episode on <laughs> um, how to get a gig and not lose it within a day, um, <laughs> yes. uh, that that um, I was going through a process of of um, essentially, I was having a lesson with a lovely saxophone player called Mark, Mark Lockhart. And I was about 27 and I was saying to Mark, oh no, we were doing a podcast. And afterwards I said to Mark, I honestly was like, Mark, I'm really sick of trying to play like John Coltrane, Moments Notice, Giant Steps. These two tunes are really hard and I'm working a lot on them. And I'm, I still don't think I can get anywhere near playing in a way that I think I should. And and we've been talking about music for about an hour and free improvisation and all the sort of things we believed in, philosophies. And he just sort of went, Rob, just stop. At this point, stop and ask yourself, what can you do? You're always asking yourself, what can't you do? What should you be learning? What's left? He was like, it's enough. And I thought to myself, well, one thing I can do, I want to do is my own album. And one thing I want to do with that is combine a, a very, very sort of strong love of space in with it. And, and that everything I've read and enjoyed should be able to be a part of it. When you're making art, you shouldn't be rejecting the things you love. And, you know, you should be welcoming them all because it, it adds character and personality. So I wanted it to be a really sort of direct part of my, my career to be able to incorporate it. And to do that, you need to know as much as the people who lived through it. You know, if I'm going to do the moon race, and the 1960s, you need to do a lot of reading and homework because you might never know as much as somebody who lived through it, but at least you can show respect to that era by doing sufficient research and therefore yes. not doing anything stupid, you know. And to, to kind of like, I, I don't know, yeah, to expand on that point, I don't know if you'd ever think if you were, okay, you've decided you're making an album about space and then you read loads about space, but then there's, I don't know, do you ever get that sort of like guilt at the back of your head? I'm not doing enough practice. I'm not doing enough of this. But then you, you need to tell yourself, no, this is all part of the holistic approach. And then, you know, it all, it all adds up and it's all part of making the album the way you want it to be and yeah. so on. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. I love Absolutely. that. I think just, yeah, it's, it's such a pure of heart thing to do, to mm. want to bring all of that to it. I love it. But, and that's um, what I want in other people's music. Yeah. 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 The, 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 the sort of signs of their personality and what makes them tick and yeah, completely. Yeah, what they're passionate about. Yeah. So have you made that album? Yes. <gasps> okay. We're going to link to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I've got one called, it's called Gods of Apollo and it's Ooh. freely improvised. But uh, what gave me the idea was a Christmas concert I did with some other musicians. Um, Elliot Galvin and, and Laura Judd and um, our friend Greg Sinclair and Greg <laughs> didn't play. Greg narrated. So <gasps> Laura Cute. and Laura, Laura and Elliot playing trumpet and piano. I was playing saxophone and, but Greg, no instrument. He didn't, he was never going to play. It was always agreed that he was going to be the narrator and he freely narrated stories like Christmas stories. Um, whilst we improvised in response to his stories and, and depending on how the music went, because Greg is a musician and a very funny man, the stories were changed for the music. The music would change for the stories. And I remember, you know, doing like a sort of frosty, the snowman story. And Greg was <laughs> off on his, like, he really, you know, he had a bit between his teeth. He was conjuring a really funny incredible. story. And yeah. And I was having this experience that I'd never had before, which was that I'm freely improvising 
and the audience is like applauding and laughing and they felt so engaged in the fact that there were words that gave context to what was being played mm-hmm. yes yeah, you know, yeah, yeah and that made me go away and think i really want to play the way that i want to but i want it to feel like that like it's really accessible i want the yes. audience to listen to it and be like oh i'm in on this i know yeah. what's happening i yes. know why they're doing this thing because i can hear so i took all the archival audio of the moon landings and created a story of like the americans and the russians and and like like you know it's chronological so it goes from early satellites through to like mercury gemini apollo and soyuz all of the main sort of moments up to the moon landing and wow. and it's all set to music so oh my fun. god oh, that's brilliant. incredible yeah. and um it's called gods of apollo it is <gasps> it's, it, you'd find it on like I see Spotify what you did there apple music yeah i thought <laughs> i was really pleased really pleased with that name yeah i won't lie to you no (laughs) i love i love how evocative all of the names are in the sort of space exploration are as well you know like first of all all the planets named after is it roman gods i mean they're they're borrowed from Greek gods aren't they yeah but then yeah apollo's another one isn't it and you get all of these yeah just like it it just inspires sort of like wonder and like yeah i don't know that's what i love about if you're a nerd yeah Yeah, like like we are (laughs) well well this brings me to what i've heard is a very good um kind of like the wonder of space and exploration and you know uh the the race of men going and doing a cool thing um there's a tv show called for all mankind which Mm. i have not watched but most people just call it the moon show and they absolutely adore it because it's got like all of these big themes done in the right way and not Mm. too much of a kind of like over the top like bit cloying kind of way um but i would love to hear your thoughts on that if you ever get a chance to watch it because you know you've got a kid and a cat and you know saxophone to take care of as well um (laughs) just sit sit on the sofa with all three and going it's okay yeah Yeah. Yeah, george fussing me going George is the cat. Um, Yes, we will share pictures of George on social media when this episode comes out. Um, Wow, amazing. And then, so so that's kind of like a real high point of your interest in space and your creativity coming together. But Mm. like, what are some of the... What are some of the other cool things that you think about it? I'm looking at the page here and I'm seeing a drawing of a little star, a drawing of a rocket, um, a little flag, moon race, JFK, it says. And... A whole bunch of other cool things but yeah like where where do you want to go it's just so it's so like you said there's so much wonder involved there's so much there's so much hope that mm. like there's there's the population of earth is expanding very very quickly and at some point very very soon the planet simply will not be able to sustain the number of people that are trying to inhabit it you know not with any amount of technology not with any number of electric cars and And, you know, there's still a fundamental footprint on existing on the food and the air that we breathe, everything that you do all the time, you know? So I, you know, and obviously uh, one way to rationalize that, I think, without losing hope is to think that, that obviously there's space is big and there's a lot of space out there. And and then there is hopefully ways that humans can manipulate and use that with current technology to kind of further uh, civilization. And of course, one day the earth won't be inhabitable anymore. Even, I mean, first of all, just quickly, global warming, whatever we do to the planet, it will kill us. The earth will come back 
because mm. that's how nature works. The planet will bounce back and everything else will come back. Trees will be fine. Maybe a new, smarter civilization will grow in our place, a bit like the dinosaurs with us. You know, it's like, it's quite short term cooking the planet. It's a bit like, you know, you're sawing the branch you're sitting on. Um, but let's say, let's say we somehow reverse it and, 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 civilization goes for tens of millions of years that eventually the sun will warm up and the earth will no longer be in a habitable zone. So you've got to go somewhere. Otherwise yeah. you're all, you're all, it, it's over anyway. So, you know, space now in the future, it, it is, it's the only place for mankind to go to survive mm. eventually. Yeah. So, yes. so it's cool. hope, there's hope and exploration uh, yes. to be had. Yeah. And it's in, just incredibly it's incredibly bizarre that there's this place out there where between like us and the moon, there's these like quarter of a, what is it? 250,000 miles away. The moon is, I think yeah. a quarter of a million miles. And and it's just a gap of like, it's like, there's no, there's That's it's, a small it's, one. It, yeah. It's a, it's a hard thing for us to comprehend. I think yeah. as humans, because we don't live there, that there's a place where there's nothing. Yeah. There's no, you can't grab anything. You can't touch anything. You know, when your hand is moving around in the vacuum of space, there's no atmosphere. The fundamental concept of nothing is kind of unusual, I think, when you try and really wrap your head around what it is. It's like archaeology in the timeline of the world, like um, on an episode of Time Team, which, you know, this is this I've, this has stayed in my head because Tony Robinson was like, OK, so on this landscape, you know, the horizon that we're looking at right now, from that tree to that rock is the time where humans have been on Earth. And then the rest of the sky, you know, huge distance. Yeah, that's all the rest of time, you know. Uh, yeah. We've been yeah. here for like a smidge. And that's yeah. really, we, we don't understand that. <laughs> no. Exactly, yeah. And, then, and then thinking about like the unknowable stuff, like what was there before the Big Bang? And mm. what will happen, you know, when the universe expands all the way? Is there going to be, you know, a time where it just, it all goes into nothing and there's a big, is it a big freeze? That's they call that, the, they call, yeah, like the thermal death of the universe the would death, be. that's the one. Yeah. Oh, the heat death of it, yes, yes. yes. Yes, yes, or you've yes, got yes, the big yes. rip, which is a less popular theory now that it would expand so much that matter will tear itself apart. Oh, not very appealing. Brutal, yeah. Or or it will start coming back in again and collapse on itself, and then maybe crunch. create another big bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's where the first one came from. It was it the first one. Well, the now questions. now yeah. we're getting into sci-fi territory. Yeah. Like, do I want to talk about Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> the reboot? Yes, yes, I do. But will I? No, I'm going to put a cork in it and and and. Yeah, let's ask another question about question for Rob. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have ooh. something I I can add to this. Yeah, go on. Yeah. It it struck me when we started, but it wasn't time yet. The very first <laughs> thing you said, Nancy, was space is big. It's too big. Right, mm. but but the whole. Th- the whole thought of how we know that the space that we're in is, I think is really, really one of the most fun things to think about because you think about the observable universe is how far can we see in any direction? So we can see back 13.8 billion years. So that's our best guess for how old the universe is because that's how far we can see. But there may be things that you can't see. That's where the James Webb telescope comes in, mm-hmm. you know? So then the other thing, because James Webb as a telescope is more powerful than any we've had before. It should help us to see even further back in time to the very early universe after the big bang and try and understand what happened. But when you think about looking back, you have to look back because as you 
stare through those 13.8 billion years, essentially you sort of hit a wall. We can't see any further, but we also can't see what's happening now because as you look out, you look at only you can see the light from the early universe is only hitting us now. So, you know, the whole, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing because you can see back in time to almost see the Big Bang, even though it happened such a long time ago, because the light is only just arriving at Earth right now. Yeah. You know, wow. so yeah. that is just so fun to think about that you can see back in time that a civilization could look at the Earth. For like, I don't know if they look where we seven billion light years away, they won't even see our solar system, mm. you know, and yet here we are as a civilization. So that's kind of weird. It's kind of frustrating when you think there's nothing we can do to see what's going on out there now because speed of light is a finite problem. Maybe we're all, all of these civilizations are looking out into space, us included, and saying, oh, there's nothing else going on there. But we're all just like, we just can't see you know, close enough to our current time to actually see anything going on or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I do think that's what's going on. And I think what Nancy yeah. said about how short the spaces that we've inhabited the earth, it's like the odds of civilizations being at the same time is so, oh, yeah. so oh, very yeah. small. Yeah. Um, Rob, have you seen the film, the Jodie Foster masterpiece, uh, Contact? Such a good film. That from the early 2000s? Yeah, yeah like, late, like late 90s. Yeah. It's got Matthew yeah. McConaughey in it, so probably. Yeah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have yeah. seen that film, yes. yes. Oh, God. Okay, right. No, stop it, Nancy. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's got some interesting stuff about... On those you know, themes. Like, about, yeah. you know, aliens and, like, all kinds of fascinating sort of things about interstellar travel before interstellar, but obviously Matthew McConaughey's in, in both. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, worth a watch. It's, it has held up. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, the themes are ever-present. It's yes. about, you know, yeah. are, you know, who are we as people and yeah. a people you know and it's by it. it's directed by yeah. Zemeckis back or? to the future yeah Zemeckis oh Zemeckis mm. Robert Zemeckis who ended up yeah did, did Ten back points to the future to but then did all right let's not get any wizardry involved oh, here in this conversation okay. anyway um <laughs> lots so, of balls in the air right now yeah, yeah. so many um but yeah, like I have to think about so as as you're seeing I have to think about these big concepts in terms of culture feelings art i have to think about them that way because i can't think about them scientifically because i get upset i am scared of big space mm. i am scared of deep water i do not want there to be a whale underneath me when i'm swimming along like swimming pools are a problem because of that issue deep swimming pools i'm like well there could be a whale or a shark we, we just don't know so like the unknown is a problem for me um can you tell me any facts that are like reassuring can you help me with that science issue that i've currently got going on yes <gasps> i can tell you that i think a lot of your feelings are very human yes that unknown things are scary because sure are. we we our instinct is to survive and when you research, if you look at like, let's talk about going on a spacewalk. So there's a, a, a Russian cosmonaut, Alexei Leonov. He was the first person <gasps> ever to go out of the spaceship and float. Wow. And when he went out, he took a cyanide pill with him. In case. Because in case he couldn't fit back in, he could at least kill himself. So like if he expanded or his suit expanded for reasons that they, that was a good idea actually. And his suit did expand. So he clicks the glove and lets air seep out until <gasps> he's small enough to click it in and get back through the hatch. That kind of, 
humans like Leonov, who were so um, brave as to try these things for the first time, they give me they give me inspiration to think, wow, the the courage of him to go and think like, well, what's going to happen? Someone's going to have to try it. And of course, before he tried that, he's very, very well trained. And when you look today at the International Space Station, before people go on spacewalks, there is months and months of training in, in pools and mm. the psychology of going out into space. Because if you don't train, no. it doesn't matter how adventurous you are you will be crippled by vertigo because mm. you'll look down at the earth and think you're falling and you'll be paralyzed your brain by will that do it fear. yeah 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 so you I have thought to about the vertigo part but now i'm imagining it and like yeah it's terrifying <laughs> yeah and what a lot of the astronauts talk about is is going out and having a split second of like seeing the earth and there's nothing between you and the planet and then the training clicks in and you're like okay i've got i've got jobs to do there's stuff to do here so I think we, as humans, we have to rationalize and we have to fall back on something. Otherwise, yeah. just panic and be useless. That was a great answer. I would say 11 out of 10, Jesus H. Christ. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. hats yeah, yeah. off to who? who's your spacewalk champion? What's his Problem. name again? Alexei? Alexei Leonov. Yeah. Alexei Leonov. Yeah. Hats off or indeed space helmets off, but maybe yeah. not while you're doing <laughs> not the, while you're out the, space the, the spacewalk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody cool. Hell. And it makes you realise how fragile we are and how yeah. Oh, yeah. incredibly intertwined with Earth we are that we can't survive without an enormous amount of equipment to keep us safe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and even if we do get back to Earth, our bone density will have gone all squiggly wiggly, mm. and our muscle mass will have declined because we spent so much time floating around doing yes. yeah, doing that. Absolutely, nouns. we yeah, really need to there, be on Earth. Yeah, <laughs> there is a limit on how long you can be up and in mm-hmm. like the space station and stuff like that, isn't there? Yep. There is, and 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 I don't know that anyone really knows the limit because <laughs> they they try to the be limit. conservative about these things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's there's twins, Scott and Mark Kelly went. Uh, both astronauts both served on the shuttle um which is amazing identical twins and um there well, was that's, a, that's an opportunity that science couldn't pass up isn't it exactly right. yeah, 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 so yeah. about f- four or five years ago now scott kelly spent a year on the space station mark kelly spent that year on earth and now for the rest of their lives scientists can compare what's yeah, that yeah. year in space done to scott's body how's mark's different yeah by analyzing the before and after on identical twins to see because that is a problem when you talk about why we could why haven't we already gone to mars and why can't we go out to pluto is like well fundamentally like the the radio waves that that we're protected from by our magnetic planet Mm. and our iron core they you don't get that in space so solar flares will give you like a thousand radiotherapy sessions in a a few minutes you know so is is dangerous out there and and so even like on the international space station you have to do a minimum of i think it's two hours exercise every day oh god and yeah you're in resistance training you know on a treadmill held being down held by your in own weight. <laughs> exactly and there's still huge loss of bone density after that yeah yeah it's hard you, you can't really you can't put calcium on after a certain age i remember my um oh, bone is, lecturer is this uni. another archaeology archaeology tidbit, tidbit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
you like you only acquire bone mass up to the age of like 19 20 and our lecturer Whoa, was like our, our very uh, acclaimed uh, bones lecturer at university she's who, a scary lady scary mary yes okay um, scary mary i think she wouldn't mind being called that um <laughs> as long as you know she overheard it and then like walked past and was like <laughs> stupid teenagers yeah um yeah. but yeah you she was like you've all done it now you can't put on any more calcium to your bones you've had it and i was like all oh, right thanks i wish i'd known that you know yeah, a while yeah. ago <laughs> Um, but yeah, full of good advice she was. Uh, <laughs> Archaeology tidbit. I tell you the counter to that, that I, something I really love about space is, is most astronauts tend to do their best work and get their best uh, missions like starting in their like 50s. Yeah, because they've got a train. All that There's a lot of knowledge and a lot of training required. And I think, you know, as, as a way of kind of countering a... We don't live necessarily in a very ageist society, but like in terms of like putting value on your own like time span, I think like, I think it's quite healthy to aim for 55 as like, at that point, I'll be good. I'll know what I'm doing. Yeah. But until then, just, just give yourself a break. It's you know? training, all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, the, 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 the most sort of like, at least to me, the, the, the astronaut who seems from more recent, times to be more famous in the public eye is like is it chris hadfield yeah yeah he's very famous yeah yeah and um but like yeah he's surely in his 50s 60s something like that yeah he's retired yes he Mm. did retire a few years ago didn't he and now i just follow him on twitter and And they're like he gets sassy about science fiction every now and then and just says well that wouldn't happen yeah he's 62 62 years old and he does have a lot of great youtube videos of like could Interstellar really happen? Yeah, and he's like, for well, no. Yeah. Oh, I think I didn't watch that one yeah. yet. Yeah. Just does it in a very Canadian way. I don't think that would happen, but whatever, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's creative. He's like, it's still yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. you mentioned the space, uh, International Space Station, and I just find that such a lovely thing that, mm. I mean, I imagine that if you've gone all that way, if you're a human being who's gone all that way and is doing that mission for probably the only time in their life, you're not going to go up there and have an argument with someone just because they're from a different country. You're going to be like, oh my God, thank you for bringing the supplies. Come join us. Yeah. Like it, you, it's, you have to cooperate, basically. W- yeah, like we all should be. Yeah, yeah. It's a remarkable here. thing at the moment when you think how juxtaposed mm-hmm. the USA and Russia are. Yes. Just a bit, yeah. In the background, they're still running it. There's still yeah. Russian supply missions. There's still cosmonauts. Yeah. There's astronauts. You know, it, it, it it's... I'm not condoning anything Russia's done. They should be ashamed of themselves. But it's just interesting to look at how how is it that still remains, functioning. Yeah, because yeah, I'm almost at this point surprised that it is. But also it's kind of a life lesson for us as a civilization when you look that the International Space Station only exists because of international cooperation. Yeah. And it's the same for going back to the moon. It will be the same. The era of NASA going it alone and going to the moon is over and will mm. never come back. It's yeah. just not It's just not viable. It's too yeah. dangerous. It's too expensive. There's too much expertise in different countries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen the film Arrival? Because that's very much on that topic. No, I haven't. Oh, it's, it's oh. brilliant. Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, it's, it's set around this sort of time and it is showing that, you know, aliens or some sort of alien object appears in different places around the world. So everyone has to cooperate to kind of get yeah. to, the, to de- decode what's going on and yeah. figure it all out. And like, yeah. can you even talk to each other and language yeah. are the two big themes yes. in that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I love that thought. And I think yeah. about that a lot with music, like you're saying about radio waves. It's like, <gasps> if we 
ever met another civilization, we'd have a very difficult time ever communicating anything to them because there's no common ground whatsoever. Sure. You know, you can't point at your spaceship and do a thumbs up. What does that mean? That could be the most insulting thing you could possibly do. Absolutely. In there. They may not have opposable thumbs. Like when D- really... Douglas Adams wrote many books on this topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like making great comedy. But I think, about, I think but... you know, like it's been, it's been suggested that maybe maths could be the language that, you know, like mm. civilizations mm. communicate with. And I think that's in contact a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, they but... figure out that, oh, that bit's maths. Oh, yeah, we can work And then with in this. close yeah. encounters, it's. Oh, it's music. Yes. Mm. Am I going to get sued? for that because you asked no, it's fine. It's on your fine. jazz podcast you asked Pete Lee about um, using uh, a bit of Ain't Nobody accidentally in his jazz album and <laughs> not you were accidentally, like, not you accidentally. Were like are you going to get sued Pete um, and a long yeah. and fruitful conversation uh, developed from there so how am I going to get sued for doing the no, you can no. sing whatever you do, want do, 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 do. it's fine it's yeah fine. okay yeah. I'll stop there um, so yeah I'm seeing probes probes okay Let's talk about probes. Selfie time. <laughs> yeah. That's um, probes that like take photos of themselves in space. Oh. That tickles me. I know. Nice. That's cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro- so. let's, let's talk about probes. If you want to look at probes, what, what really Please stop saying probes. It is a funny word, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. It is. Anyone who's seen South Park is going to enjoy the word probes. Oh, not my being God. No. Right. So there is one mission in particular that I think is really remarkable. That is the and it is a really long time ago now, but Voyager One and Voyager Two were launched in the late seventies at a point where a scientist realised that the four outer planets were aligned perfectly for gravity assist missions, where <gasps> these two probes would be able to go to all four outer planets, but in, that in they a, would in only orbit like. Yeah, it's a position around the sun, absolutely, so that the gravitational assist from Jupiter would take you on to Saturn, which would take you on, you know. So so essentially, Voyager had to happen then because it's like, right, if we don't do it now, then it'll be 175 years until we can do it again, you know. And they're now the furthest items or the first objects man-made from from Earth that have ever... And they're still there, I mean... Voyager 1 is, is, yeah, it's 155 astronomical units away from us which is okay. you know there's no more miles it's too far so that's like so what's an astronaut what's an astronomical new unit oh my god i can't even say that it's a really 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 big space cap yeah yeah, yeah. it's the distance what, from look the at that earth unit, to the sun it's what the distance from the earth to the sun ah right right okay and it's how many of those 100 155 which doesn't sound like a lot but but if she times, <laughs> yeah, the sun's far away. Hugh's gonna have Hugh's gonna have a nosebleed if he keeps thinking about. That. <laughs> I definitely am. Um, wow, Aww. yeah, and it, it's still transmitting, isn't it? The that Voyager probe. Yeah, it is Very still weakly. transmitting. Yes, yeah. so they're having yeah. to slowly shut down the instruments because it has. I think it has an only like so a, much. It has to have a nuclear reactor because there's no solar light out there. It's outside of the solar. Sp- like wind now hence so, why all the planets are like danger soup with just gas and everything they're not mm. they've not got anything that the sun could sustain because the sun doesn't get there yeah exactly. okay. so yeah it's out in interstellar space that's pretty cool Ooh. wow i love yeah. it the so, thing about that that's fun is it, it just takes so long to get there it's not like you can catch up to it and like add batteries <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no no and um that's the thing as well like if it's going the fastest it possibly can be you can't well, like, say if it's going at the speed of light, it, it isn't. 
but if it was, you wouldn't be able to catch up to that, would you? Because no. you're not light. No. Yeah. Unless you just... want to be mushed into light, like no, in yeah. um, Star Trek. No. No. no okay. No, for the transporter thing. Anyway. Um, um, wow. I'm interested by this little circle you've got on your mind map about redshift and blue shift, which I've read about and forgotten everything, and about Andromeda, which is the that's the closest galaxy to the Milky Way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the redshift is is it was a discovery by astronomers that as you as you when you look through a prism and the light is is like refracted, I think is the word. Yeah. Um, essentially when you when you look at a galaxy and and it it shows to be redshift means that it's going further away from us the light waves are being stretched so we could see that the universe was expanding Mm. by using that technique whereas blue shift is something where the light waves getting shorter and therefore Mm -hmm. it's coming towards us um so even though space is expanding the andromeda galaxy is coming towards our galaxy which sounds like a disaster but in In, in the deep distant future, the two galaxies, because of their immense gravitational pull, but having a, both a super black hole in the middle, they will actually come together. Um, but it will probably be incredibly beautiful and magical and create a lot of new stars. Um, and the, actually the, the direct collisions will be incredibly rare because it's, gravity doesn't really That's work so by smashing things together. No. And the spaces between each thing is, is very, very big. But... Um, yeah, it's it will become a super galaxy, a very wow. very big one. Because um, I remember I remember hearing about that. Well, that that sounds like a creation time. myth. That sounds literally like an Egyptian creation myth, or you know, <laughs> like to yeah, smash. It'd be something, know. wouldn't it? Yeah. Seeing yeah. a whole galaxy coming towards you. Yeah, yeah, sexy, yeah. very sexy, very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, there's going to be fan fiction about it. Yeah, Um, there probably already is. (laughs) Because I remember hearing about that for the first time and going like, "Oh, I hope I'm not around for that." You know, like stupid. That's that's the first sort of like hind brain sort of like don't want don't want that to happen. I'm only eight years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Same with like the the sun expanding and swallowing the earth. It's like don't want that to happen. Yeah, but you know, like you know, that's billions of years in in the future yeah. isn't it and that it is billions of years in the future and whilst it sounds horrible i made a note at the top about if you're heavier than helium or hydrogen you've come from a star because yeah. it it stops me from like having a meltdown to think like <laughs> well all most of what's making up like the metals on earth the periodic table has all come from other stars mm. older stars that have exploded and the nuclear reactions that have happened within them have created heavy metals which are released into space, which create new life in other places. So it's all cyclical, basically, is what you're saying. Yes. When you yeah. talk about reincarnation, you could you could propose that maybe you will not exist again. You won't consciously be like, I wonder if I was someone before. But molecules and atoms that have made up your body, they belong to the universe. They'll be okay. returned to the universe and may well be who knows, you know, where atoms will end up and even on a even on a like a human you know living on earth eventually you know decomposing into soil and getting eaten by rabbits like you know in the form of grass even that is is earth earth limited and somewhat comforting i don't know Mm. in a dark british way it's lovely isn't it like in the lion king you know if mufasa says something like that to simba (laughs) you know 
that you are you are from the earth and and the circle of life obviously is the whole theme of the did, film did but i it's just very... oh i just went disney didn't i sorry yeah. I didn't mean it's all right to. everything's been I plagiarized in uh, yeah, yeah. i plagiarized a hamlet adaptation mistakenly well, then it's not plagiarism they've already no it's fine it's fine okay, yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah um i love it i had a point and i've forgotten it it's all that's good. okay yeah that's okay hubble who's hubble what's hubble he's a space space teller no Hubble was yeah. An, yeah, he was a uh, Edwin Hubble was an astronomer. Yeah, I knew he and, was a white guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's also a telescope. Yeah. <gasps> so the Hubble telescope is that in the UK or America? It's in space. What? It's a, it's yeah. in orbit, isn't it? What? That's it right. Is, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hubble is in orbit around Earth. Oh, poor guy. That's how it gets yeah. such clear pictures. <gasps> oh. Okay. The problem with being on Earth is our own atmosphere blocks your view yeah. of what's going on. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do have some on Earth. We've got the large telescope, the very large telescope, the extremely the, the large literal, telescope. These are, the these literal are, names. <laughs> the <What>? VLT. <laughs> The very VLT. large telescope. Oh, I love that. We, we we went from, you know, like, obviously there's some really inspiring space exploration sort of like, there, there's probably people, the big ideas guys going like, oh, this these are the Apollo missions and stuff like that. But then you get the engineers going like, well, it's the very large telescope. It's, it, it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's not give it a fancy <laughs> yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. Aww. I love My it. My name's something that when that name does it all. So It's in so, Chile. Yeah, these are, yeah, because of very clear skies. Yes. Um, hardly ever any clouds great place to put one yes. um, but hubble is in space so hubble was launched by the space shuttle and and it could have been the death of nasa because the mirror was off slightly and so the images were blurred which was oh. hugely embarrassing and and for the expertise that had gone into it the years mm. of funding and planning yeah. that had gone into it all the images that came back were completely blurred um and um and so there was a very daring second mission by the space shuttle crew to go up and repair the mirror um which they successfully did which again i it could well have saved nasa from being sort of defunded because they could get it online and the science from hubble has been incredible because that's how we know about the observable universe point hubble at the same point in space for a couple of months at a time until enough light from that tiny infinitesimally small dots that it's looking at has hit the lens Mm. And then enhance the image and see, well, what can you see? And at the moment we see early galaxies. So that's kind of what you, you, you can understand. And so the James, so basically Hubble, Hubble's close enough to earth that you could fly a space shuttle up. I think it's about 400 miles above the earth, which is the very limit of the space shuttle's capability. The absolute edge of how much fuel they could carry. It was about twice as far as you'd normally fly a shuttle. So those were super dangerous missions. Um, that they didn't take they didn't take lightly but it meant that mm. a few times you could go back and clean the gyroscopes i think there were five shuttle missions off the top of my head to service the telescope wow. and keep it running um Aww. but but the new telescope that replaces it james webb which has only just launched which is named after former nasa administrator um that is much further away so that the light from earth doesn't have any impact on on the images and it's bigger and it's much more technologically advanced but it's probably won't live as long because you can't Mm. service it we can't get back to it to fix it if it's broken Um, but but because it's so much more powerful as a telescope we should be able to see even further back in time to understand the early universe which is really cool these are such these are such amazing little anecdotes and 
bits of factual stuff. I'm loving it. Can we just well, do I this? To, all I the thought time? it'd be nice because I'm not a scientist. I'm just a yeah. super fan. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't want to talk. I, you know what I want from this is people tweet me and be like, "Oh, let's talk about that," or "Oh, yeah. I don't think that's right. I think it's this way." Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just have a nice conversation about it. Because yeah. I don't, I don't pretend to be a historian or a mathematician. Just as, just super excited and interested by these ideas and concepts, mm. and it's fun to kind of try and deal with them. Yeah. Pop quiz: Who's Copernicus? <laughs> he was an early astronomer. <gasps> Where's he from? Oh, I, I think he might be Italian. Ooh, fun, fun, fun! Seventeenth and... century Italian, perhaps. Yeah. And they might have had an easier time of it because there was no pollution. However, they didn't have any of the equipment we would imagine would be useful for this. So all they could do was look at stars. Copernicus is Polish. Oh, fun, fun, fun. 1473 he was born. Oh, my God. Wow. Ledge. Yeah. Well, you're cancelled now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sorry. I should stop using that as a as a punchline. Like the reason um, I put Copernicus <laughs> on is because you can't. I you have to write cope first. Uh, oh hello, I see. Hello, yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's a mind map. map. Yeah. That's great that's a, news. Yeah. That's a yeah. Rob Cope original. Um, Making about you. <laughs> you said it, baby. That's how you remember things. No, that is true. That is true. It's yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. your exam it's revision. Always about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It's good. We're all just well. We're all the universe experiencing itself. So you know, it's all anyway. <laughs> Um, uh, Have you got any space questions? Anything you want to know? I'm just thinking, you know, like where where do you think humanity's future lies in in regards to you know our relationship with space and space exploration and and stuff like that? You know, what could happen in the next hundred years or oh yeah yeah five hundred or whatever? If there are any theories or developments. the, the the immediate future is quite easy to predict because yeah. it's very hard to get to the moon and it's mm. very hard to get to Mars. And the oh, fact yeah. that it was done in the 60s, the moon missions, it's total a testament to maths and to yes. the predictability of the gravity because yeah. you know where something's going to be before yeah. it's there. So they do, you know, you could do a lot of work with uh, pencil and paper yeah, essentially, literally, and, yeah. and just maths and physics, and you can, you know, because the the early missions, they the computing power of those spaceships was absolutely atrocious. Oh, it was less than um, like a, a modern calculator, wasn't it? And exactly. Like, and they literally had rooms of people called computers, didn't they? Where they just yes, figure out computers these... used to be humans. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's that um, film, hidden figures, hidden, hidden figures. figures. Yeah, great. Exactly. Where, exactly. yeah, where they're figuring out all of the stuff and like, yeah. you know, they've just got to do it day by day and be like, oh no, that's wrong. And if we do that, then you know, we can actually yeah. get yeah. this mission done. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So for NASA, yeah. it's like to get to the moon in the mid 2020s, and then to to then try and get to. But when I say NASA, it's really the international community yeah, yeah. that would do it. That yeah. I might have to go and get Evie and bring her down. Okay. Um, okay. She's just, yeah, she's going to get really upset otherwise. But she wants okay. to just hang out and enjoy this. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. Can I go yeah, grab yeah. her. I'll oh just my God, please, yeah, yeah. please, Absolutely. please, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Babies in space. Have you seen that episode of The Muppets where it's called Pigs in Space? <laughs> and nothing ever happens <laughs> no, except just, that there are pigs in space. Pigs in space, that's all we need to know. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Oh. Uh, <sighs> Oh, hello. Oh. Hello, young lady. You're right. She's hello, Evie. All sleepy and confused. Oh, oh, yeah. And she's like, why am I upright? I don't know. I'm yeah. just a little baby. 
Oh, what a sweetheart. Like, is her eyes blue? Yeah. Oh, yeah. but they're just very yeah. sleepy. Very How old sleepy. is she now? Seven and a half <laughs> months old. And, and she's, she's just... <gasps> she's very quiet and very cute. Just likes to look at what's going on. They're all different. Like, yeah, you've got babies who are like, you know, screaming, hey. all, screaming all the time. Hi! Or or running around all the time when they are bigger, and yeah. then others that are just like, nah, I'm chill, I'm yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Just have a little sleep. like that. Just cuddle me, yeah. Dad. Just let's hang out. And <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> She's doing that with her face a lot, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, babe. Yeah. Are you gonna so go think, to space, Evie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna enjoy a talk. I'd yeah? like her to work for the European Space Agency. If she'd like Ideally, to. Yeah. 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 Like a geologist yeah. would be cool. A geologist. Yeah. Geologists can make loads of money. And then when she yeah. gets, you know, when she gets that job, she'll be able to be like, and my dad talked about us on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and podcasts will be irrelevant by that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. love. Yeah. She's no, working. She's that. working on like, I love how babies are like, everything they're doing is to like grow their, their brain or grow something. They're always doing something. Yeah. And that's why they're tired and grumpy. It's not their yeah. fault. No, she's got a lot going on. She's got to grow a chin, like a whole human adult yeah. adult chin, not a baby chin. She's got work yeah. to do. What? Yeah. What, Mrs? What? Wow. So, yeah, Eve, the thing Evie, about the thing about uh, <laughs> the near future for us is like, can you get to Mars? If you can get to Mars by twenty one hundred, I think you've nailed it. And everyone will say it'll happen sooner. But every time there's a presidential change, there's a regime change, mm-hmm. there's a funding change. Sure, yeah. You know, that's why that's why the moon has taken so long to get back there because and, yeah. Bush planned it, Obama cancelled it, Trump really? planned it. Really? It was that it. way around? There was a recession, mate. Like, you know. yeah, yeah, it was just like, you just couldn't justify it. It was called the Constellation Project and, um, and you couldn't justify the cost no. of it. Um, and like George Bush could be time. like, you know, using it as a bit of a... Uh, what what we might call a willy waving contest and being like yeah American imperialism uh, you know yeah, he could he could yeah, have that true. angle Obama less so when you know it could be exactly the same thing he would have done but he would have got told off for it you know yeah That's it true, was yeah. a hard time financially mm. I think he yeah. got a bit of a rough deal in that sense uh, uh. is Space Force still a thing? That's yeah. the, the Trumpy thing. I can't remember what they're. Yeah, actually... I think that'll be a, that. They'll just quietly get on with that a bit. They'll like... just wrap it in, <laughs> fold uh, it. Yeah. In. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like a. I yeah, I mean, who knows what any of the like like because the Russian space agency Roscosmos has always been a bit more secretive. I bet. Well yeah. Also, have I would I expect something quite similar: military satellites, spy Ooh. satellites, things like that. That they're not just going to openly be like, "Hey, we've got." You know, the difference with yeah. America <clears throat> is they will have a parade and then yeah. a fanfare, <laughs> and then someone will fire a gun into the air, going, "We're going to have a space for us." Absolutely. Well, which makes me think that maybe Elon Musk will mess it all up for us if he goes commercial space flight, <laughs> rah rah rah, uh, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'll just make a deal with." this country and that country and you know yeah. it'll be fine and we'll just have our space flight because I've got international agreement but it's not international agreement it's a no, problem it's mega exploitation because yeah. it's hyper capitalism yeah yeah, yeah capitalism in space yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah, all very confusing because a lot of the NASA missions are, they they basically buy them from SpaceX from Elon Musk's yeah. 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 because you they're know, underfunded I guess by, by yeah. today's standards um, because yeah and the government <laughs> want it to be set like privatized so that mm-hmm. the NASA funding goes on the moon mission not on continuing the international space station right. so you buy them from spacex who will say we can do it this safely for this much money and then well, mm, 
it sounds like when we get building contractors in at my workplace and they're not especially good at doing it, but they're like, we'll give you a cheap price. And they're like, yeah, yeah. sure, go for it. And it's a lot of NASA's cheap. always been like that. Right. Like, like, like with who built the rockets, who built the lander, it was all because it's a government agency, they have to incorporate as many states as possible. Mm. So lots oh, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a nationwide, the idea of NASA is something in every state being built and then being moved around the country to the focal point, such as the launch complex in Florida, where it's yeah. all put together yeah. and then launched. But yeah. it's the only way to get funding. Right, right, yeah, because all of these states are like, well, we want to get some government money and whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it is like yeah. that. It's like when they needed a lander, there were there were like multiple companies, a moon lander in the 60s. There would have been at least three or four proposals for how much it would have cost and what the design were. And then the engineers at NASA would pick one that they felt would best work, give it to that company, and the company would build it and and, you know, like planning manufacturing, and then it would be sent to like the space uh, you know to to uh to houston as it was being built mm. to yeah. be like tested by the astronauts what do you guys think of this and and but, uh, wait yeah, a second so. it's a box car um yeah. <laughs> one of my uh, favorite thoughts about the early space race was the he was a national hero gus grissom and he very sadly died in the apollo one fire um, which was a, a very sad accident where they were just practicing on the launch pad all of the procedures needed to get into space and to make it as realistic as possible. They were using 100% oxygen in the cabin <gasps> no. and, and there was a spark um, from wiring that wasn't mm -hmm. fully insulated. And of course, in a yeah. pure oxygen environment. It, the the capsule went would, like would have basically exploded on the inside within seconds. And um I believe on those early hatches that it may have opened inwards as well. So the pressure difference meant there was no hope of escape. Uh, um, it led to a huge redesign. Um, yeah. But Gus Grissom, he died. Um, uh, yeah, very sad, quick, horrifying death. Um, but And he was the first American to orbit the Earth. No, he wasn't. He was the second American in space. He did a suborbital flight, I think, Um I think John Glenn was the first American to These details the matter in this They situation. do, because someone's going to yeah, tweet yeah, me and yeah. be like, no, you're wrong about that. Needless to say, I guess was, was more than likely would have been the first <gasps> man on the moon. Um, yeah. Because, Otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he was the most senior astronaut at the yeah. time um, yeah. of the Apollo fire, which is why he was in there um, as well. Anyway, um, there's a reason I've told you this about Apollo 1. Um, and Gus Grissom, but why? What was I saying? Yeah, she's making it worse. We were talking about Gus Grissom. We were talking about early astronauts. Gus made a speech whilst going to look at these designs for the lunar lander. Oh yeah, um, right. Because all the astronauts were were flown around the country and paraded as, of course, like this is the guy that's going to sit in it and fly it. So you know, you've got to remember when you're working that. There's yeah. somebody's life is in the balance here. Yeah. And um, supposedly the factory floor had come to a standstill. Gus goes up on a pedestal, a very quiet, intense man. Um, and he was, he was like, it was an impromptu speech right. and Gus doesn't do speeches well. Uh -huh. So he goes quiet and then he stops. And then he just says three words, do good work. 
Ooh. And apparently the place went bananas and oh, they put yeah, like yeah, slogans yeah. and banners yeah. and, you know, I love that. Do good work. Oh, love it. That's, yeah. a, that's a good post-it note to have. Yes. It's yeah. all, all, the, all the most inspiring things are very sort of like succinct, aren't they? You know, like yeah. that's your mission statement. Like it's maybe not quite so uh, uh, sort of <laughs> easy to grasp onto now but isn't google's one do no evil which no that's is... ironic yeah <laughs> yeah but it is worth touching on while we're here space yes, is very yes, dangerous yes. and there have been other deaths yeah. i remember now ed white who was the first american to do a spacewalk died in that fire Ooh. roger chaffee who'd never flown in space before died in that fire uh, these were all men who may well have been on the moon before no i'm not suggesting neil armstrong wasn't a wonderful first man on the moon but it's amazing how much of that came down to circumstance. Like those three men who did that Apollo 11 mission, you know, uh, Michael Collins and Buzz Aldrin, they were all 39 years old. Like yeah, what are yeah, the odds yeah. that you're born in the right month? You had to be married. You had to be white, essentially. Had to be a male. Why'd you have you to know? be married? It was the profile that NASA wanted for their early astronauts. Oh, Everyone for like stability and like, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good family men. Mm. Absolutely. It all comes down to propaganda at the end of the day, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you know, they just couldn't have afforded the shipping costs on like all of the tampons they would have had to give the women no. at Crazy. that stage. Yeah. They had to they have to give you six thousand for like a two week mission. It's it's well known, well documented. Is it? Well right. they did it once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very bizarre, like, you know. Yeah. When you think about the fact that they just didn't accept women, it says a lot about society at the time. Yeah. And medicine today, they don't do tests uh, accounting for female bodies or chemistry or anything like that. They're like every every drug titration is based on blokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bloke bods. Yeah, it's all right. Because we're oh, great yeah. for Hugh and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah you guys are fun. It's uh, that's when where we talk about uh, sort of like um, uh, privilege. You know, male privilege. That's 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 the more the importantly, point, isn't it? we just need more more ladies lose. That's all we need. We just need yes. like. 10 more every time there's mm. one man's loo we need 10 women's yeah because yeah, yeah you know yeah we've got to go in there and do our makeup and stuff and have a chat you know yeah 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 mm. <laughs> anyway. oh evie agrees yes. evie's like nancy <laughs> stop being sexist <laughs> she's right she's right people yeah. oh my gosh well okay what we might do then is try and end on a space hope a hopeful space note yeah which is that i don't know there's a lot of space out there there is. There is. Full of terrifying potential. Yeah. And and weird and wonderful things. It's so beautiful. If yeah. you want to if you want to go away now and, and be like, well, what can I go look at? If yeah. you have a look at New Horizons, have a look at the photos of Pluto. Ooh. Oh, okay, yeah. Those have they got, are have they got an Instagram? Uh, probably I, I bet would expect they do. so. Those photos <laughs> I think they were taken in twenty fifteen, but they're some of the most remarkable pictures. Wow. Um of like just when you think about how many even within our sets of rules of general relativity and gravity and everything the the variety in our own solar system is quite mind-blowing yeah you know? yeah so who knows what else is going on true true oh that's great and yeah any any sort of other sort of recommended reading or i don't know i tell you what that's a great whatever. question yeah i've read a lot of books and there's a book called called carrying the fire by michael collins Okay. who was on the Apollo 11 mission. Oh. Um, Michael He's Collins, the, th the third guy, not The not third Basel. guy. Yeah. Yeah. But the third guy is second in command. He has a lot to do. Because yeah. he has the to be back on the ship, right? 
He has yeah. to be on the ship on the command module. Yeah. So yeah. Neil and Buzz go down in the lunar lander. Michael Collins goes around the moon and on the dark side of the moon where there's no line of sight to earth, yeah. he's the most isolated man in the history of human civilization. He's yeah. the first man, he's furthest away from earth that anyone has ever been. And he's unable to contact any living soul mm -mm. anywhere. He's, he's experiencing something that very few people are brave enough to do, I think. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think that he had any qualms about being in that position. You know, it wasn't like super jealous of going down because Buzz Aldrin, he's like third in command in an emergency yeah. because right. Neil is the commander. Neil yeah. flies the ship. He gives the orders. He takes them down. Buzz does a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of it's reading instrument panels and calling out um, distance and speed. You yeah. know, Neil's working and Michael Collins docks with the, like when they when they leave up mm -hmm. basically yeah it's very interesting uh, but his book is beautifully written Aww. um and just really interesting oh. philosophically and scientifically she's yeah. doing it again sorry sorry she's like <laughs> legs legs uh, okay so that's michael collins what's the name of the carrying name of the, the fire i'd start there yeah okay. Okay. Great, brilliant. really really oh, interesting yeah book. i'm always looking for a when when whenever we've had like yeah whenever i've spoken something about you know anything that they're passionate about like oh i'd love to you know if, if they've read mm. something about it i'm i'm like i carry that on and yeah i get really i'll throw you one more which is if yeah, you're really yeah. into something that's much more modern than um scott kelly's book endurance about his year on the space station is Ooh. super interesting okay yeah really does it do you think it falls into the category of like people who do ultra marathons and like write a book about <laughs> it is it like that kind of because of the yeah. title it sounds very much yeah. like that it's yeah. like the the force of will and like yeah the... completely okay. it's the most interesting thing for me about that is when you realize the things he starts to miss like smells and mm -hmm. wind yeah. fundamentally <laughs> it makes you think about how how much we <gasps> sensory experience on earth that we don't acknowledge consciously. Yeah. But so, when you take so it away. Yeah. Am I to take from this that you cannot, if you can't. You can smell, but all you, you can smell, smell is the like and cleaning. There's no, and there's no wind. So you can't fart in space. You, you can. can you? Yeah, you can fart in space. One day. It'll, get, it'll go into the vents <laughs> and it'll be cleaned. But yeah. certainly <laughs> it's going to just, yeah, I guess it's like, I mean, as glamorous as it sounds, the International Space Station probably does just smell of farts and cleaning fluid. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. pretty much all there is to smell. <laughs> and on that note, let's... <laughs> That's done. We're done here, people. Thanks, man. Wow, what a carnival of chat. That was that was great. So that was recorded in uh, <laughs> summer of 2022. Uh, a lot's changed since then. It's October 2023, um, sorry. Rob's baby is no longer a baby. Um, she's, she's, a, she's broken out of that three naps a day prison that she yeah, was in before. She's, she's a talking, walking human being. She's going to uni next year. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, finally, we are going to call it a day there and say thank you for listening because there have been so many amazing recommends, including several at the end of that little interview. Um, other than to say, vote Bitty, Bitty for president, um, <laughs> slash um, send Haley at Feeder of Cats on Twitter. That's what it's called. Um, send her some money or some love. And do you know what? Twitter is um, not a great place to spend it's time. It's a bin fire. It's a bin fire. Um, 
that's on top of a pile of other burning bins. Um, so I would say if you're on there and, you know, still looking at news horrified every day, mm. maybe just follow some cat accounts for the love of God. People are out there trying to do good. Yeah. And the good you can do in the world doesn't ever feel like enough. But, um, you know, if you watch someone doing that kind of stuff, being a, a good human being and, you know, keeping going with stuff, it's it's tremendously worthwhile. Yeah. Break up your doom scrolling. With Break some, up your doom scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. With with some cats. Bring out your dead. No. If you like cats, there are other things as well. Yeah. Okay. Other other pets are available, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Love you. Bye. Bye.